today's episode of The Family Circle, we are talking all things being a surrogate with our amazing surrogate, Kelsey. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have one of our amazing surrogates on the podcast today. I am here with Kelsey. She is going to share a little bit about her journey and her intended parents and sort of how everything is going. So Kelsey, it's wonderful to see you. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So you are a first time surrogate with Circle. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just share a little bit about yourself, sort of where you live and sort of what your family life is like and that sort of thing? So as she said, my name is Kelsey. I am a lactation consultant at a birthing center. I live near Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up in Cincinnati. I have a husband who is a firefighter. And then I have a three-year-old daughter. And I also have a 13-year-old stepson. And we have one cat named Nellie. So we live about 20 minutes from Cincinnati, Ohio. A lot of people know Cincinnati, the Bengals. Who day? But yeah, we live in Cincinnati. He grew up in Cincinnati as well. My husband did. So we've all kind of lived here our whole lives. That's about me. So do you know someone who was a surrogate? Like, how did you come to even thinking like, hmm, that sounds like something I might want to do? I do. So my, like I said, I work at a birthing center. So I get to like experience people, you know, becoming parents for the first time, for the fourth time, and kind of their stories and their journeys along the way. So I get to witness people giving birth all the time, which is amazing. And I've actually had the pleasure of being in a couple deliveries that were surrogates that were delivering for their intended parents. And that's kind of where I first got the idea. This was probably two and a half, three years ago that I first had my surrogate delivery experience. And I knew one of my coworkers had been a surrogate many years ago. I think her surro babe, we'll call it, is nine now. Um, so oh, was wow. Like, yeah. Um, I knew that she had done it. And so I just kind of started talking to her. I actually went to her first after I had kind of been a part of the surrogate delivery. I was like, that was the most incredible just to see like the emotions and the intended parents and, you know, everyone has a story and they had been waiting so long to have their family and just being in that delivery, the raw and real emotions were amazing. And I was like, I think I want to do that. You Um, just talking about it, like give me chills. Like anytime I hear like the delivery room stories, like it gives me chills because I know how amazing it is to be part of that. And even just to witness it like you did. Being a part of deliveries in itself is just amazing. The feelings, the emotions, all the things. But there is something about a surrogate delivery that is just so amazing. So that's kind of where I first got the idea. And I knew my coworker had been a surrogate. So I kind of went to her first before I went to anybody else. And I was like, listen, I think I want to do this. Hype me up or talk me down. Like, (laughs) Give me all the good, the bad, the ugly. Like, I think that I really want to do this. So I kind of talked to her and she, of course, encouraged it. And she was like, do it. You won't regret it. You'll absolutely love it. Do it. She's like, I will support you 100%. We'll get through it together. All the things. So I kind of picked her brain about it before even like going to my husband or my family or anybody (laughs) with this idea that I had. 
But yeah, she has been amazing. She has been like one of my top support people through all of this. It's nice to have somebody that's been there, done that and can tell you all the things like can validate your emotions that you're feeling and, you know, the IVF meds and all the things. Um, So having someone to kind of bounce all of that off of has been incredible. That's how I first kind of got the idea is from work, being at work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's amazing that you were able, you know, not everybody who becomes a surrogate even has sort of that window into what, you know, even part of the experience is like. So the fact that you sort of witnessed, you know, the birth and then you had someone close to you that you were able to talk to. So after you talk to her and you're like, all right, like she's saying this is a good thing to do. How did you approach your husband about this? Was it just like, by the way, or like, was it like, how did you guys go about like starting that conversation? Kind of. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I remember I was in the kitchen and I was like, I'm just going to ask him. I'm going to like, because obviously I need his support. I need him to be behind me. I'm going to ask him and we'll go from there. If he shoots it down, he shoots it down. It is what it is. So I was in the kitchen. He came home from work and I was like, just say it, like, just blurt it out. Just say it. And he was like, how was your day? And I was like, um, it's good. Hey, so listen, I think I want to be a surrogate. And he was like, you want to what? I was like, I think I want to like do surrogacy. I want to become a surrogate. And he was like, first of all, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and I was like, but I want to carry a baby for someone else. And he was like, oh, okay. And you've thought about this, like you're sure. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I've thought about it. I've talked to people. I had actually kind of sat on the whole surrogacy thing for like six, seven months before mm-hmm. I even said anything to anybody else other than my coworker. Just kind of like really think things through. Like I'm one of those people that I get this idea in my head and I'm like, let's go like full force. Let's go. So I was kind of like, let's think about it. This is a big decision. <laughs> let's just kind of on it. If I still feel the same way six months from now, then we'll pursue it. So by the time I had come to him, we were like six, seven months into this whole thing already. And he was like, okay, so my only concern is, and I was like, here we go, (laughs) devil's advocate. But I, my daughter throughout her, my pregnancy with her, I was very sick the whole time. So I pretty much from the time I found out I was pregnant until mm-hmm. I delivered her, I was very sick, nauseous, puking, oh, all the things. It um, didn't even go away after the first trimester. No, I was hoping that it would, and it did not. There was like a month period in like the second trimester where I was like, okay, like maybe we're good. I can um, get out of bed today. <laughs> and then it came back full force, and I was like, we're not good. So that was his biggest concern is, well, what if you're sick like you were with Ray? And I was like, ah, yeah, I get that. And I've totally thought about that because that was not enjoyable, obviously. But kind of my process of thinking was, I've done it once, I can do it again, even if it is the same, even if it's a little bit worse. We know what meds work this time. We can kind of get things started early and it's temporary. It's not going to last forever. So he was like, okay, as long as that's what you want to do, I support you 100%. Let me know what we need to do next. And I was like, that went a lot easier than I thought it was going to. <laughs> so then the next biggest one was telling my parents. I was more nervous about telling my parents than I was about my husband. My husband's pretty go with the flow, whatever you want, I support you type. And I knew my parents would have lots of questions, concerns, comments. 
So I went to my mom first because I wanted her to help me go to my dad. So always been a united front. Always been a daddy's girl from day one. So always like a little more concerned about what my dad thinks. So I went to my mom first and she kind of had the same reaction that my husband did. Well, you were really sick with Ray. What if that happens again? And I was like, yeah, you're right. And kind of told her the same thing that I told my husband. So she was kind of like on the fence about it in the beginning. And she was like, well, let's, let's talk to your dad and see what he thinks. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Ended up telling my dad and he, in the beginning was not very all for it. He was kind of like, why would you want to do that? You were really sick with Ray. Like same thing as everybody else. I feel I have to stop you and ask, have you been sick this whole pregnancy? I have not. I had my fair share in the beginning. Okay. uh, And still like here and there a little bit, but compared to my dad, like this has been a cakewalk compared to my daughter. Okay. Well, that's good Um, to hear. That's good for a lot of women to hear, I think, right? Like every pregnancy is different. It is very true. Every pregnancy is definitely different. And I was even kind of nervous, like, well, this is another girl. Like, is it going to be the same thing? But it has been honestly so much better than my daughter. (laughs) But my dad kind of had the same reaction. Well, but if you're sick again, and why would you want to put yourself through that for somebody else? And are you sure? Have you really thought about it? Kind of all of those things. But after we kind of like talked about it and got through that, like first initial, I mean, because he just didn't know. He didn't know kind of everything that involved. Like, I think he thought, well, this baby's going to be half yours. And then you're just going to give it away. And I was like, no, that's not how this works. Yes. I mean, it's a common thought for people who don't know a lot about surrogacy. Right. And that's why, you know, so many women who are surrogates are like, I am not giving up a baby. I'm giving the baby back. (laughs) And I think that's kind of what he thought. So after we kind of talked about all of the things and I was kind of prepared, like I knew some questions he was going to ask me. So I was kind of like preparing myself for the questions that he was going to ask. I had done so much research at this point about the whole process and talking to my coworker. And I had already like looked into an agency and stuff like that. So I was able to answer most all of his questions that he had. So kind of after that and really sitting down and talking through all of it, he was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'll support you. And I was like, all right. That's all I needed. Dad's approval. Let's go. <laughs> and then that was it. Then you started the process. That was it. I started the process. Where are you now? How far along are you now? So I will be 24 weeks on Wednesday. So more than halfway. Yes. And it is an exciting week because this week we hit viability. So that's exciting. And you just had your anatomy scan, which usually happens around the 20 or so week mark. And a lot of intended parents will try to make that visit because it's an exciting time. They get, I can't even believe how crazy like the 3D images are. Like it's just this amazing view of the baby and, and all of that. Sometimes that's, you know, a gender reveal for some intended parents. So what was that appointment like for you? Did your intended parents come and visit? What did that all look like for you? Because that's a big milestone. They did. So they actually came into town for my anatomy scan. They came in the night before my scan. And then we had my scan on a Thursday so that we were able to meet up that morning and they came to the anatomy scan, which I mean, we've done other scans and we've been able to FaceTime and they've been involved kind of that way. 
but them actually physically being there was just a totally different thing. Like seeing the excitement on their face and just like they were so mesmerized by the screen the whole time. And it was just really cool for them to see. I mean, and it was, it actually ended up being a longer anatomy scan. We actually did a level two scan just with it being an IVF pregnancy and that kind of thing. So they kind of took a little bit more time to do the scan. So they got tons of pictures and this little girl has been active very, very early on. She's Are you the- growing a soccer play or what's going on? <laughs> Her parents think that she's going to be a dancer. And I said, that's pretty accurate because she moves so much, which is great. But during the anatomy scan, they would scan her and the ultrasound tag is like, I'm exactly where I need to be. And then she flips and I'm looking at something totally different. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. She just constantly moves. So the anatomy scan ended up being a little bit longer than most, I think, just because she was so active. And then they couldn't get like a good, clear picture of her spine because she was moving so much. So then we ended up having to do a repeat scan like two weeks later, or I think it was four weeks later that we did the repeat scan, but the intended parents were able to get like so many pictures and they ended up staying for the whole weekend. So they kind of did their own thing that night. And then Friday night, they came to dinner with like my whole family. So like my parents, my grandparents, um, my sister, my nieces, my nephews, everybody, because Obviously, my family wanted to meet them and see mm-hmm. who this couple is that I talk about all the time and yeah. hearing a baby for. But my intended parents were just as excited to meet my family. Um, so we all went to dinner and it was great. And they got to meet my family. And then Saturday, we kind of split up and the guys did their own thing. And then us girls did our own thing. <laughs> the guys went to like Cabela's and did all that guy stuff. And as I was about shopping, so my intended mom wanted to go to Bye Bye Baby because they are like going out of business or having all these crazy sales. So she wanted to go to the one up here and just kind of see what they had here. So my daughter was with us. So we were kind of shopping, doing our own thing. But seeing your intended mom shop for baby clothes was incredibly emotional. Like I was like walking through the store, like, watching her from afar and she's like shopping for all these, you know, cute girl clothes and like picking things out. And it was just amazing. Like that she is at that point where she can do that. So that was really cool to see. Um, I'm getting teary with you just talking. Like like, (laughs) it was especially, I don't know your intended mom's story, but especially if this is something that has been a long road for her to get to that point of comfort saying, okay, I have confidence that I can now do this, right? Like we've gotten to this step. They had been trying for a little over four years. She had done two IVF rounds and transfers herself. Unfortunately had two miscarriages and had like some genetic disorders and stuff that they had to test out for their embryos. But overall it was a little over four years that they had been trying to have a family. And she had just been through so much. So just like being able to see her at that stage, especially like after the anatomy scan and like knowing everything was great and baby was growing perfect. It was just, it was amazing to see. So we did that on Saturday. And then Saturday night, we kind of went into like my hometown where I grew up and was really fun. Like we met up with my parents again and they were, my intended parents were able to see like, 
kind of where I came from and where I grew up. So that was really fun. And then Sunday morning, they left and went back home. But it was good. Like they spent the whole weekend and it was wonderful. Like it was nice for my family to meet them and for them to meet my family and kind of see like where I come from and a little bit more into who I really am. So that was really cool. That's so special. It's important too, I think, for intended parents to sort of get a feel for the person that's carrying their baby for them. It sounds like you guys had a great weekend. It sounds like you are really having this like wonderful relationship that's developing. Can you like think back to the matching process and sort of what that was like? Was this the first profile for intended parents that you saw and sort of what that call was like? When did it click for you that this was who you wanted to help? So the matching phase in general, I feel like can be a little awkward, especially when you get to like the Zoom call, practically your set profiles like prior to, and if kind of both parties agree, like, hey, I think I want to Zoom, like do a Zoom call with them, then you move forward. So this was actually my second official match. Um, So I had matched previously, done two transfers for a different couple that unfortunately were not successful. So they had decided kind of after those transfers that they were done and that they weren't going to move forward with trying to get more embryos and that type of thing. So after that, I kind of went back into the matching phase. And I feel like that was much harder for me than the first initial time that I went through the matching phase because I loved my first intended parents so much that I felt like every profile I was constantly like, are these going to measure up to the last people that I had? So it was really hard. And I went through several profiles kind of before deciding on the ones, the current IPs that I have. And I actually went through a couple of Zoom calls prior to them also. And the Zoom calls is kind of where it gets tricky because it's like, you're doing this like online dating type situation and you're like having this awkward. You can say it. It's awkward. Awkward. It's so awkward. And you're like, there's so much already in the profiles that you like get to the zoom call and you're like, well, so I kind of already know like X, Y, and Z about you. Like what else do we talk about? (laughs) Because there's like so much in the profile. I feel like I had already had like a good sense of who they were before we even got to the Zoom call. It was funny because when we first started the Zoom call, everyone was like pretty much in agreement. Like, this is awkward. This is awkward. (laughs) And if you throw it out there, then you're like, okay, now we can move forward. Like, let's just put it out on the table. Yes. Let's just talk about how awkward it is and let's move forward. So my intended parents were like, I'm not going to lie. Like, this is weird. Like, this is awkward. Like, this was their first time. They had never gone through this before as far as like the matching phases go and the Zoom call. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's awkward. It's going to be awkward. That's just kind of how it is. Um, But, you know, let's just talk. Let's just kind of go through all the things. So the first thing in their profile that kind of stood out to me was that she was in the medical field. Obviously, I'm in the medical field. Her husband is also a firefighter and mine's a firefighter. So we kind of really connected over that kind of our mutual love for the medical field. So that in their profile, when I first opened it, was nothing but like hot air balloons all over the screen. And I was like, okay. So I'm like reading their profile and they have like really good friends that like own a hot air balloon or like do this festival every year. And they were kind of talking about like how they do that and enjoy to like enjoy going on hot air balloon rides. 
And I was like, okay, now I get the hot air balloon because <laughs> they were like all over the screen. But yeah, they're like animal lovers and they like to be outdoors and they like to travel. So we just had lots of kind of similar likes just from reading their profile that kind of pushed us to move forward. It was kind of like I would read the first profile and if I liked them, then I would send it to my husband and then see what he thought. You were the gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> and then if he liked their profile as well, then we would move forward. But as awkward as it is in the beginning, I feel like if you are on a Zoom call with the right people, eventually it just starts to flow and you just start to have a conversation and you're just talking and it's not awkward anymore. And so by about halfway through the conversation, after we had talked about kind of like the big things, kind of what is your kind of goal or want for relationship post-delivery and what are your thoughts on termination and kind of those big things about halfway into the conversation, it was flowing. We were talking, we were laughing, we were joking. It was great. And I ended up, you know, yeah. And I ended up telling them like before our Zoom call even ended, like, hey, I'm planning on reaching out to Circle and telling them that I want to carry for you. And they were like, oh my gosh, like, we love you guys. Like, we absolutely want to move forward. So it was kind of nice. Like, yes, it was awkward in the beginning, mm-hmm. but by that, it was like, we've known these people for a long time now mm-hmm. and we're ready. So I feel like, yes, it can be awkward. Sometimes it can be awkward the entire time. And you leave the Zoom call and you're like, we just didn't mesh. We just didn't. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's uh, the other thing, like to, for women to know, like, that's okay. Like you have to feel it in your gut. There's just something that you're like, this is going to work. Yeah. This is what's right for me. And like I said, I feel like a lot of it was me comparing who I was talking to, to my last IPs because I loved them so much. So I had had several conversations like Zoom calls with a couple of different people prior to the ones I have now. And I felt every time like, hey, they were great. I just don't think that they're for me. You know, and not that there was anything wrong with them, not that they weren't good people, not that we didn't talk. I just didn't feel it in my gut. Like those were my people. And Circle was very awesome. Um, My social worker, every time I went to her and I was like, I'm sorry, no, like it didn't feel like the one. And she was like, it is fine. Like, do not apologize. You have to feel it in your gut. It has to be right for you. And I was like, okay. Because here's the thing. They'll be right for somebody else. Right. Right. Like that's the beauty of it. And as bad as I felt every time I went back to circle and was like, I'm sorry, like that just wasn't my match when I got to my current IPs and I left that Zoom call. I was like, this is why none of the other ones are right because this one is right. I was meant to carry for them. Yes. And I was so sure about my decision. It wasn't wrong. They're great. I love them. We have the most amazing relationship and I absolutely love them. So, oh, that's wonderful. That's so good to hear. And, you know, I think it's good for, you know, people to hear that the first match might not be the right one and that's okay. It's a long journey you're going to be on together. So you want to make sure you're with the right person. Speaking of a long journey, if you can remember back to the beginning, now that you're more than halfway to your finish line. So this is obviously an IVF pregnancy that you do as a gestational surrogate. What were the medications like? Was that something that you, I know you're in the medical field, so you're sort of around stuff a little bit more, but like, what were the medications like? Was that something that you were like worried about or did it feel like a daunting process? How were the shots? Like, these are a lot of questions that we get because 
you know, if you've had uncomplicated pregnancies, you've probably never even seen anything having to do with IVF for your pregnancy. So that part is very new and very different for a lot of women who become surrogates. Yes. So the meds were tough. This was my fourth round of IVF technically. So I did the two rounds of IVF with my last couple. And then when I matched with my new couple, we did a mock cycle. So I did the meds as if we were going to transfer, but then didn't just to kind of see how my body reacted to the meds. There were some blood draws involved to kind of see, is she on the right type of medication, the right dosage, that kind of thing. And then we did the round of IVF for this cycle that I just did. So in my prior matches, I was kind of able to learn what my body absolutely did not love, which for me was oral birth control. I ended up getting like a three-week migraine that did not go away until I stopped the birth control. So that was incredibly rough. So kind of one of my stipulations when I rematched was matching with someone who had a clinic that was okay with doing more of like a natural cycle and not doing the birth control because my body just cannot handle the oral birth control. And the other thing is that IVF clinics have very different protocols sometimes. So the IVF protocols that I did for my last couple is completely different than the one that I did this time. So this time I was able to not do the oral birth control. Like their clinic was fine with not doing that, which was amazing. And then we did oral estrogen instead of the patches, which is kind of different for other clinics. My last clinic that I had did the patches and the patches broke me out like crazy. And I still have like some scarring from having those patches on. So we were able to not do oral birth control. I was able to do oral estrogen this time instead of patches, which was nice. And then obviously the dreaded PIO shots, the progesterone and oil that you have to do with pretty much all IVF cycles. I feel like that was an adjustment to kind of get used to. Luckily, my husband was like totally on board for giving me injections every night. So that was very helpful because while some people can give themselves those injections, it can be very difficult, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the placement of those injections. Yes. Yes. So I got really lucky with him being able to do them. And then my intended mom actually bought me one of those auto injector things that everybody talks about where you draw the medication, you put it in the auto injector, you pull it back, you put it where it needs to go and you hit a button and it injects it for you. So that was a game changer for sure. The other thing with this cycle is that we started drawing my progesterone levels very early, like with my first beta drill and discovered that my progesterone, while it was still normal, was kind of on the lower end of normal. So they actually increased my progesterone injections to two a day. So I had to do an injection in the morning and in the evening. So I had to do two PIO shots a day and that was rough. (laughs) I got very sore very quickly and that happened pretty early on. So for well over a month, I had to do two a day injections. Does it feel like forever ago now though? Like that you were doing that? Yes, it really does. But I mean, overall, the meds are definitely something to get used to. Like you said, if you know, If you've gone through an uncomplicated, unmedicated pregnancy before, it's not something that you're used to. So I think the medications was definitely one of the biggest Mm -hmm. kind of adjustments for me to kind of go forward. But 
I just kept telling myself, this is something that we got to do. And I feel like after the beta draw and like knowing that it was positive and we were in fact pregnant, like every injection, I was like, we're growing a baby. We just got to do it. Like I am the prize. (laughs) It's all for the cause. It's going to be over soon. Like you've made it this far. You're good. So the meds can be tough, but not so tough that you're like, I don't want to do this. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would think so because you went through a pregnancy where you were sick every day and you were like, I want to sign up for this again. (laughs) Luckily, you were not sick every day, but that just goes to show you just like the mind over matter. And, you know, you have something that you want to do and it's important and you're going to do what you need to do to do it. Right. I feel like if I would have let the simple fact of that I was sick, pretty much my whole first pregnancy stopped me from moving forward with surrogacy. Like I wouldn't be where I am now. And every pregnancy is different. And this time has been so much easier. (laughs) This time compared to that, I mean, my daughter has made this pregnancy seem like a cakewalk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to hear it's going so well. So you are past halfway. You're at 24-ish weeks. Um, You have been part of surrogate deliveries in your day-to-day job. So I'm sure you've thought ahead to your delivery and delivery day and what that might be like. Like, what are you hoping for? Have you and your intended parents started to talk what that day might look like? What do you imagine? Because that is the day, right? Like, what are you imagining for that? So much. And I feel like the closer that we get to like the due date, the more that I start to think about it. I think about it all the time. But just kind of like being in surrogate deliveries, you kind of see, because obviously it's not like your typical delivery. So you're able to see kind of like what other people did and like how it kind of worked and flowed. And we're kind of at the point where we're like starting to talk about like a birth plan and kind of like my hopes for labor and delivery and what the intended parents want. (laughs) And honestly, my intended mom, when we were kind of talking about it, she was like, I mean, whatever happens, happens. (laughs) And I was like, okay, but we kind of got to like, kind of have a plan. Like, you know, do you want the baby to like go on me first to do like delayed cord clamping? And then as soon as they clamp, like, then you take the baby. Like, what are you wanting? Like this day is as much about you guys as it is about, you know, me and like the actual delivery. So we've kind of talked about it. So we'll actually be delivering at the place that I work, which is kind of nice. So like, will be all of my coworkers and the doctors that I work with every day. And my OB that I saw like my entire pregnancy with my daughter and the one that I'm seeing now, she's actually planning on coming in just for my delivery, which she did with my daughter too. They call it like special in you, but she literally came in on her day off to deliver my daughter and then went about her day. Um, so she's like <laughs> on special in me. She's like off to lunch, just deliver the baby. She's planning on special in me again this time which is really nice, but we're kind of just in the beginning phase of kind of really talking about what that day is going to look like. But my intended parents will have like their own room on the birthing unit and all of the things, but we're kind of in the midst of talking about birth plan and they're basically like, whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, well, this is about you guys too. So (laughs) what do you want? And they're just very go with the flow. They're just very grateful and happy to be where we're at now. It's kind of like, whatever works for you. Like we will work around you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> for, just so our listeners know who might not be familiar. So a birth plan is something that is worked out. It's an actual document 
that is put together. Your surrogacy agency will help you in conjunction with your surrogate and the intended parents. And basically, it sort of outlines in the best case scenario what delivery day will look like, right? It's always good to have a plan. Although anyone who has ever been around a baby or anything that has to do with birthing babies, we know that babies come on their own timeline. They have their own plans. They don't care what the paperwork says. But the hopes is that you sort of outline, hey, here's what this day. So everybody can be on the same page because there's a lot of people involved. Hospital staff is there. So it's great for them to know, okay, intended mom is going to take the baby immediately and do skin to skin or whatever it might be. So it's sort of just having a plan, knowing that plans can change, but at least everybody's sort of starting out on the same page because it can get a little hectic in the delivery room yeah. sometimes, right? So everybody sort of knowing what's going on is will help the time go a little bit, hopefully more smoothly because of that. I always want to ask this, how do you talk about your surrogacy to others? Either friends of yours that either for the first time didn't know you were doing this and then saw you pregnant. How do you talk about what you're doing and share that with either people in your community or friends or acquaintances or whatever it might be? As far as like first telling like my, like obviously I told my husband and my parents know I was going through it. And then I had told my grandparents prior to starting everything. But other than that, I kind of kept it on the low. Um, I didn't really want to like share about it or post about it. Like as I was going through it, especially with like the last intended parents that I had and that not being the way that we had wanted it to, especially for this one, when I rematched, I just kind of wanted it to be just like the people that needed to know they knew my, you know, immediate family, they knew. And we kind of kept it at that until I was ready to kind of share about it. So I think I kind of went out with it, especially to like social media and like friends and stuff like that. Right before I hit second trimester, I honestly never in my mind had like any reservations about telling anybody. I mean, of course you like hear some stories of like people that are like, why would you do that? Or like have some negative feelings about it, but just like kind of knowing my family and my group of friends I knew that it was going to be totally fine. And obviously like most of my coworkers knew before I came out with it because like I was going through IVF, a lot of them gave me my injections. So they knew that I was going- such a great support system there, by the way, to be have that at your disposal. <laughs> yes. The best support system. All of my coworkers knew I was going through it. So they were super supportive. They gave me my injections, <laughs> you know, did all the things. So they knew like, you know, there were times where I had to take off work and go for med screening or I had to, you know, travel for the actual transfer. So they knew about it pretty early on. But as far as like coming out to everybody else was a little closer to my second trimester when I made the official post about it on social media, if you will, and told everyone like- Made it you know, official. Made it official. It wasn't like, you know, a huge story time. It was just kind of, I've been doing like working <laughs> to this point for a while. And here we are. I was like truly blown away by the support and the amount of people that like liked my post and commented on it. And even not so much that there were three or four people that reached out to me after I had made this post and was like, I've always thought about surrogacy what do I do? How do I get started? And I was like, um, you inspired like, them. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, not something like 
people are thinking about and you just don't know that. (laughs) But after making that post, I had like three or four people reach out to me and was like wanting more information and wanting to know if I would talk about it and what agency did I use? Where do I start? Which I feel like is a very common thing. Like people are thinking about it. They just don't know where to start. And that's kind of why I got into the whole kind of just sharing about my, you know, journey. And now I share it on TikTok and now I, you know, help Circle share about it. So I was truly blown away by the amount of support that I had. Like I've not had a single negative comment. People think that it's great and they want to know more and they're like super invested and they're like, well, how many weeks are you now? And even like my coworkers, like, like coming up and touching my belly and how are your intended parents? And I'm like, they're great. <laughs> I've had lots of support. And I think that has kind of been super helpful and kind of getting me out there and sharing more about surrogacy. Our last question I'll ask you, when people do reach out to you or if someone came up to you and was considering starting the process of sort of looking into becoming a surrogate, what advice do you have for them? What would you say to someone who's thinking about it? Definitely do your research. Even the things that I thought that I knew before seriously, I didn't know. There's so much. There's so much involved with it. There's so many like different things that you have to do. And just having a support system is honestly the biggest thing. Like I could not have done this without the support system that I've had. From my husband to my coworkers to my friends, my family, having a support system is key. It is truly a game changer. So just having the support and kind of doing your research and making sure that you know that that's what you want to do for sure. I think I speak for everyone when I say that it would be nice if you just went through, you know, one round of IVF and you got pregnant and then you carried a baby. But sometimes it's not that easy. So I think just knowing that it is very, it can be very time consuming. By the time I deliver this baby and get through maternity leave, it will be two years since I first reached out to Circle and started the whole process. So for the last two years, this has kind of been my life, which is fine. And I don't regret it whatsoever, but it can take some time. And just kind of researching companies and agencies and just making sure that you pick the right one. Obviously, I'm going to hugely advocate for Circle because they've been amazing. There are so many different things that kind of have to be accomplished along the way in your journey and from like contracts and traveling and all of those things. So having an agency that really kind of supports you and is there along the way. Social work has been kind of a huge thing for me also, just with like the two transfers that I had in the past in the miscarriage and then rematching again. Circle has an amazing group of social workers and that has truly been helpful. So just really doing your research and making sure that it is for sure what you want to do. That's great advice. And I am so happy to hear that you are supported. Like Kelsey said, she is sharing her journey on her own social channels, but we've been posting some updates on Circle. So I'm excited to follow along with you till November to your big day. And thank you so much for chatting with me today. I think you sharing sort of what the process has been like is just wonderful for people to hear. Everybody's journey is different. You had a couple of bumps at the beginning, but you're at a point now where 
you're getting close and the relationship that you have with your intended parents is, is so wonderful. And it's just great to hear that you're on the road to delivery and bringing another circle baby into the world. Yes, it is quickly approaching as much as it's been like the last few years of my life, like looking back at it, I'm like, this has flown by. And now I'm, you know, almost 24 weeks. And in like three months, my intended parents are going to have their baby. It's crazy. Well, to you. Yes, it is a very crazy roller coaster of a ride, but it is definitely worth it. And I'm so excited to be able to give this to my intended parents. Thank you for chatting with me today. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening today. We hope you enjoyed our episode. See you next time. Bye.